Hi, this is Stephanie Hansen from the Makers of Minnesota podcast, where we talk to cool people doing cool things. And today we are talking to Dawn Cleveland, and she is with From the Diner, and they are doing charcuterie boards for all occasions, but also doing classes. And I really like charcuterie boards. I like the idea that it's real artistry because there are so many different ways you can put it together. Dawn, how did you get started in this? Well, always being a foodie person, I guess, I started in about November of 2020. I'm a registered nurse. Sure. Um, but I recently resigned to that position and do this full time. But I started in November 2020. I just woke up one day and thought, you know, I'm going to start doing this. It was just something that I wanted to do. Um, and I thought that it would just be through the holiday season, maybe making them for Thanksgiving, Christmas, and into New Year's. But then I kept getting orders and I realized that this is something that people really want. It's not just for holidays. It's for all occasions, like I'd mentioned earlier, people want them for birthdays, weddings, picnics, date nights, just every occasion that you can think of. Do you like when you started, did you take a class or how did you learn to put them together? And is there a science to it? I don't know if there's necessarily a science to it. Um, I just kind of looked at other people's photos on Instagram. It's really self-learning. Um, I've always been artsy. I've always liked to do themed parties for my children and things like that. So I wouldn't say there's a science. I think I think that anyone can do it with some teaching, which is why I do my classes. Yep. Um, but just Instagram, Food Network University, inspiration by other foodies like yourself. So are there basic components like when you're compiling a cheese board, you know, you generally want to have like one hard, one soft, one stinky. Is there like components for charcuterie too? There, there certainly is. And that's one thing that I teach in my classes about seven components of putting together a board. One being picking your board and what type of uh, occasion you're having. You might want to match the board to the occasion. Um, but the food, yes, Absolutely. Um, especially with the cheese, there is a general rule. You want to have a cheese from each of the animal milk categories. So a goat's milk cheese, a sheep's milk cheese, a cow's, cow's milk cheese. And if you think about those types of cheeses, the goat's milk is soft. The sheep's milk is sometimes, you know, like semi-hard. And then the cheddar's cow's milk cheese are hard cheeses typically. And so those are all different varieties, textures, flavors of, of cheeses that you would have on your board that's visually appealing to your eye and then also your palate. I have been taught that you put the cheeses down first and then you kind of build around the cheeses. Is that just a personal thing or? I think it's a personal thing. Um, I agree with that somewhat where I lay down the largest items first and then start building around the largest items. So typically the largest items would be like my bundle of grapes or maybe a large wedge of cheese. Um, but it really all depends on how you're going to style the cheese. If you do lay a whole wedge on, then yes, that would be something that I would put on first. But typically, typically, like I said, the large items um, I would put on and then start building around those things to fill up my board. And then do you do like some people like jams, some people like fruit, some people like dried fruits and nuts. Do you just do that kind of based on what your feel is? I will typically add those things because I think that they are an essential part of a charcuterie board. 
Um, and I do teach that that's one of one of the components of adding. So whether we're adding nuts, it, you know, it could be almonds, pecans, walnut, that would be an essential part of a board that I will almost always add. And they're also used as fillers to fill up open spaces on the board. And then the condiment is an essential component as well, whether it's honey, jams, jellies, um, different types of mustards. And in the um, American way of building charcuterie boards, which is called a grazing plate or a grazing board, we're adding hummuses and different types of dips as well. So condiments are an essential part of a board. And do you like the the idea of the board has kind of morphed into like there's bagel boards and there's brunch boards and Bloody Mary boards. Are you right. doing like a lot of those different varieties too? I have. Yes, I do. I do brunch boards. I've done uh, what I call a pup tutory board for dogs. Cute. Um, yeah. <laughs> uh, what else have I done? Um, I'm going to be doing a class at a Greek restaurant coming up. So that's going to be a Greek themed board. Fun. Um, so there's all different types of things that you can do that are really fun. Um, and in addition to those themed boards, there's charcuterie cups, there's charcuterie boxes, there's grazing tables, and those can all have different themes as well. Did this really take off during the pandemic where people were more at home and didn't have access to, you know, restaurant charcuterie boards and wanted more of an elevated experience, but in their homes? It really did. And um, it it started before I started doing this, but I think that was part of it. People... People, um, since they couldn't go out to restaurants, they would bring these fancy plates into their home. And then once the pandemic pandemic started to kind of lighten up a little bit and restaurants were opening, that's when people started coming to me and wanting to have me teach classes because it was something for people to do. People were itching to get out and, and find events and find fun things to do, as well as establishments. They, they were trying to get people in and find new things to do as well. So it definitely did have something to do with the pandemic. Do you teach classes online or do you go to an actual location? I do not do online or virtual classes. My classes are primarily breweries and wineries. Mm -hmm. I do private in-home classes. And now corporate classes are really starting to pick up for me for not only team building, but just corporate events uh, and things like that. Generally, how much is it to participate in a class? Classes range depending on the establishment and type of party it is, anywhere from $65 to $85 each. And you leave with a charcuterie situation. You do. So it's all right. good. Right. How do you market yourself? Because you're really a service. So is the social media where it's at or is it word of mouth? You've got a pretty good following already. It, I, I think it's both. And, and honestly, it's very tough to get a following and it just takes time. So yes, Facebook, Instagram, word of mouth, going out to events and just kind of being a part of everything that I can to get my name out there. What percentage and marketing of the myself time, by sending out emails? Yeah. What percentage of the time do you spend marketing your business versus working in your business? Well, earlier on, I would say at least 75% of my time was marketing. Wow. Now that my name is out there a little bit more. Wow. <laughs> it's, it's, it's a lot of everything right now. Um, marketing the classes, um, responding to emails, uh, responding to orders. So it's just, it's, it's an overload of all of it right now. Is it becoming a job 
And like a lot of people start out with hobbies and then they get into their hobbies full time and then the hobbies become jobs and they kind of like it less. Are you in danger of that happening? I don't think so. Um, it is my job, but it's also a passion. So I had mentioned earlier that I'm a registered nurse. And back when I was starting my career, I was, I was touring the Cordon Bleu. I was going to be a chef. And then I decided, well, nursing is my passion and cooking and food can be my hobby. So I did nursing. And then, like I said, I started doing this charcuterie in November 2020 eventually resigned my nursing job and I do this full time. So I would say that it is my passion. And I always tell people that if you can do something that you're passionate about and make a living doing it, go for it. And your your original career can many times be a backup if something doesn't work out for you. Right. Did you leave nursing because of the demands of what was happening with COVID? So I, I was in a very busy hospital uh, hospital RN worked with many COVID patients. The actual COVID and working with patients never scared me. I loved working with COVID patients, but the staffing was very difficult. The long days, 12 hour days, very difficult. And the reason I became a nurse is because I, I love people. I love to connect with people. I want to educate people. I want to care for them. And I was finding that I wouldn't, I was not able to do my job that way. I didn't have the time to give the people the love that I wanted to give and the care that I wanted to give in such a fast setting. So I gave that up for now. It's always there if I want to go back. My sister-in-law is a nurse and she's just talked about how different the job has become in the last three years and with staffing challenges and just the speed with which you guys have to move. And you know, she said, it's no wonder a lot of people are leaving the business. It's just, it's it's so stressful. It's absolutely true. A lot of my coworkers have went on to do different things, different types of nursing that's less stressful. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And the telenursing too is like a whole nother, you can work for three months and make as much sometimes as you could in nine months at a regular nursing situation. Absolutely. And, and travel nursing, the other, that's the other thing. Yeah, a lot of that. So are there people that inspire you that are business people that you're just like, oh, I love their business or I'm so impressed by them? Absolutely. There's other businesses as well as just people. I would say um, some of the food influencers are great inspiration. My son is one of them. He's uh, Soda Eats. Oh, that's a, your son. It Fun. is my son, Zach. Yes. I love your son. Um, he's He's delightful. Isn't he delightful? And yes. he's he's an inspiration to me. He's he's positive. He's friendly. He's a hard worker. He just he's a go getter. He's he's just a great inspiration. You and Stephanie March have been one of my earlier inspirations. I started listening to your show back in two thousand five when I was driving home from Children's Hospital uh, at three p.m. Uh, FM one hundred seven. And you know, there's some other charcuterie companies um, that are on the other side of town that are, uh, that are super inspiring as well. Are there like flavors of cheese that you're just like crazy about that you're like, Oh, I always have to have this kind or. So it varies. I have trends of what I I love. Um, But right now I would say it's, it's the Toscano cheeses. Uh, The Merlot Toscano is so good. I like to have a cheese that has a little bit of tartness and it kind of gets you right in the jowls. 
So that's one that, that I like to have. I typically don't put that on the boards for my classes, but I like to do samplings of it in my class. Mm-hmm. So that's one of them right now. I've always been a huge blue cheese fan. I love blue cheese and I think people either love or hate it. I'm a lover of it. Do you have any favorites? A blue cheese? Mm-hmm. Um, I don't think so. Okay. Yeah. And then in terms of any condiments that you really like to put on a board? I think it depends on on the feel of my board. You mentioned earlier that the boards are never the same. They're one of a kind. Each one that's created is one of a kind. So I might have a sweet board. I might have a savory board. So, but I guess I, I really like mustard, spicy mustards. Me too. I think that's a fun, a fun condiment to add some savory to a board. Have you had that uh, lost capital foods mustard? I haven't. I'd what highly recommend like? finding it. It's okay. very spicy, but it's made locally. They're going to be at the Stone Arch Festival coming up. You can find it there. And you can find it online and in some markets. It's called, um, oh, I have it in my refrigerator right now. Okay. It's called something. It's just Lost Capital Foods makes it. I can't think of the okay. name of it. But and they're local? Yes. And it's delicious. Great. I'll, I'll actually send you a link when we get off the podcast. Awesome. So. All right. So if people want to find your classes or order boards from you, where should they go? So my website is from thediner.com. Classes are listed there under boarding school. I do have level one and level two classes. So depending on which class you want, they are listed under level one, level two. You do not have to take level one to take level two. Um, there's just so much that you can talk about with, with a charcuterie. Right. Um, so from the diner.com, you can always message me on Facebook from the diner and then Instagram from the diner as well. All right, Dawn, it's been lovely to chat with you. And thank you. I now will always connect you with my friend from Soda Eats. So that's fun. Yes. Thank you for being a guest today on Makers of Minnesota. I love it. Thank you for having me. Yeah, we'll talk soon. Bye bye. Take care. Bye bye. <laughs>